0: You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. So this is a very special episode. This is our two-year anniversary retrospective. It's being released on December 1st, 2018. Our first episode was released December 1st, 2016. Um and looking back over the last couple of years man i think we're all very proud of what we've done you know we started out just friends we're just best friends and we we got out some microphones and you know started recording and we didn't know what was going to happen we were just doing it for, for the fun of it because we always have such amazing conversations and we figured well well let's let people listen in you know see what they think And we've had a lot of episodes with some really amazing guests. I mean, world-famous people, experts in their fields and stuff. But this episode is a retrospective just on the ones where it was Carlos and Satch alone. Because they have a special chemistry, Carlos and Satch. When they start talking, sometimes it's 2, 3 in the morning sometimes, and they're still talking. And they're they're good talkers, but they're both good listeners. And so what they're going to do here is go back over all the episodes where it was just them and talk about their favorite moments, and we're going to listen to clips when you hear this sound that means we've gone back in time and we're listening to a clip and you'll hear the same sound again when we come back to the ostensible present moment although of course for you if you're listening to this it's recorded so it's not the present but it's closer to the present than the clip was and if you find yourself getting confused as to where we are like if it's a clip or if it's not then you know don't worry about it so much just comfort yourself with the words of Bill Hicks All matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration. We are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There's no such thing as death. Life is only a dream. And we are the imagination of ourselves.
1: The very first episode that we ever did... Yeah. That we ever released it was called Road Rage, episode number one. Yeah, and it was an interesting and uh kind of exciting, fun, yet little, little, little scary journey. You know, I mean, it wasn't really afraid, but uh, there was anticipation, there was just not knowingness, yeah. You know, happening. I didn't know how it was going to go, yeah. Um, and so Road Rage, and uh, so Carlos, what do you remember about Road Rage? Was is there some take home
2: concept for you in that one? Yeah, way? totally. I mean, well. First of all, it was really brilliant the way Oliver just kind of added all these wonderful sound effects. I love that. Yeah. Um, You know, we're going to hear some of that in a minute. But, um, you know, what struck me about it initially was just that you and I both have had this experience of having really intense rage hit us. And we're not really angry people. You and I are. Most people know us as. um, We don't go getting in fights out of the street. No, not at all. Um, However, you and I both had these really clear um, stories about having an experience of intense rage. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That. Yeah. So that was yeah. kind of significant. It, that it we was both cool had that, that, that,
1: that we both had something similar to that. And we, we both came at it from different, different ways, right? Like, like for me, it was the idea that I really learned the lesson of the mind body connection. That was mm-hmm. my lesson in mm-hmm. the road rage. <laughs> um, this was many, many years ago. Um, I was a much younger man and, uh, I, uh, got really upset at somebody on the road as, uh, we all have at some point, but I will admit that in my mind, I did beat the crap out of this guy in Amigdala, my brain. Damagala, yeah. Damagala, damagala, damagala. Amigdala, damagala. <laughs> Ajax. Right, Ajax. right. Exactly. Yeah. My, my, uh, lizard brain, uh, completely destroyed this man. Um, and in my mind, I remember just pounding this guy with my right arm just beating them to a pulp. Now this didn't really happen, right? right? It happened in my mind. You strongly visualized it. Yeah, I v- very strongly visualized it. It was a very emotionally charged experience. And, uh, but I want to I point this out. I never physically did anything. I didn't go home and beat up the pillow. I didn't, I never physically, I didn't punch the air. I was just really PO'd in my, in my mind. And to my surprise, the next maybe three days or so, my whole right shoulder and scapula was unbelievably sore, like I really did it. And uh, and your lesson was kind of more about how the things that we expose ourselves to start to play uh, a big role or have an influence on our psyche, and
2: they, they can do. affect us later. Yeah, they're they're viral in a way. Yeah, you know, they they, they get inside, and and we match to them because we. Um, start to like them, and we get, in a way, addicted to that cycle of uh, chemistry that happens when we watch the shows or whatever, yeah. and it can sort of embed ideas. It's, it's uh, hypnotic, it's influential, uh, it's a bit brainwashy, right, in a yeah. sense. And, and if you're not mindful about how that changes you over time, um, then you'll be very surprised later on by behaviors that you didn't realize are actually manifested from the programming. Right. And there's In, a reason why they call it programming, right? TV yeah, programming. exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was with my girlfriend at the time, and there was a really big refrigerator-sized guy who okay. was swerving his car around and yelling and his fist out the window and everything. And I just came out of a restaurant. I came onto the road. Now, my amygdala got hijacked. Sure. My amygdala hijacked. Hijack. Yeah. And it literally seized control of me at the moment. And I did something so stupid. I pulled the parking brake on my truck. Oh, my God. Flung open the door. And I went at this person who was in their car. Okay. And something about how committed I was to his demise, I suppose. Wow. um, Shocked him out of his rage. And when I saw his reaction of fear, genuine reaction of fear... Just like click, I snapped out of my rage because I noticed that something had shifted and I was no longer in my amygdala reaction. Yeah. You know, that base brain reaction. I thought about it in reflection um, immediately and realized that the feeling I had Mm -hmm. that I could connect to in my body was the same feeling that I was getting when I watched The Sopranos. Um, and I was watching, you know, episode after I was binge watching the Sopranos. So guess what my unconscious was learning. Guess what my unconscious was visualizing was, Hey, you handle things by taking out a baseball bat and showing them how it's done.
1: And, the, and that's the episode that really gets into that. Yeah. You know, it really gets into that concept and how it affects us, and then the results of that. Mm-hmm. You know? um, now, there's also one very, very important uh, thing that arose in this first episode. It's the whole <laughs> idea of the amygdala, amygdala hijack. hijack amygdala hijack amygdala hijack and that was a very important thing we sort of kind of you know really really discovered that that term that phrase you it know uh, themed in it that night it did and we we keeps coming back to it and I'm i'm glad that that emerged from, from the show. Catchphrase, catchphrase, Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> yeah the amygdala hijack, because mm-hmm. um, it's something that everybody needs to um, be aware of if they're not aware of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, and so episode one, Road Rage. The episode's called Road Work Construction Ahead. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, yeah that's the proper term. And that's yeah. um, you know important because uh, it was named that uh, essentially because it's all about how we construct reality. Like So, mm-hmm. so it starts off with this wonderful um kind of a wonderful story of ugliness that we both had right where we learned a lesson from it and then it goes into um how we form our subjective reality like how that's actually formed and so that construction ahead is you know ahead in the episode
1: another episode um that we did was episode number three and episode number three was called emotional time travel um, and, uh, this was an episode that we really got into this, this idea of releasing, you know, regret, mm-hmm. um, and, and it started with a very personal story of mine, which, you know, about me and the bird. What happened was me and my, my buddies, Danny and Stevie and Anaheim, you know, uh, I was in seventh grade and I was staying over n- near their place and we all had BB guns, ah. And so I was in the backyard, and you know, we just for you know weeks and weeks we're just shooting things, and you know, with our BB guns. And I looked way off in the distance, and there was a really tall cypress tree, and there was a bird at the very tip of the cypress tree, and it was really far away. And I didn't even, I barely even aimed. I just sort of pointed my rifle in that general direction, and I pulled the trigger because I thought there's just no way I'm ever gonna hit that bird, and I hit the bird. And you know what I really remember about this episode is it was the real deal. I, I I really shared a real regret that I had, and you took me through something that was the first time we'd done this on the show. Like you, you had done an induction, and right. you know, sort of took me through some uh, a hypnotic uh, progression, mm-hmm. and and it really helped. And I can report now, a couple years later, I still feel better about awesome. my regret from awesome. that
2: that uh, story with that bird yeah that's really awesome satch and and it's called emotional time travel because basically um, the process we did is often referred to as uh, timeline work the principle of it is to work with your timeline yeah how you store time and how you store experiences in time and and how you can change the structure of your reality around a previous experience or an emotion or um you know a concept of self and how you can make adjustments by doing a uh, time travel in your mind yeah and these are these are techniques and um you know processes
1: that are there for us all the time and it's nice to know that there's a choice yeah. that there's something that can be done about that and i want to share that there is um a second piece to that show that we did that was about dealing with uh one time anxiety mm-hmm. so if there's anybody out there who um, knows that there's something coming up, a meeting you're going to have, something that you're you're feeling anxious about, uh, this episode can be used again and again to go back and, and review that one-time anxiety, which my sister, my wonderful sister Lori, um, has told me that she has used this on her own <laughs> several times. She said that she'd just go back and she'll just play that and go through it. And it's, it's helped her a number of times for something that was coming
2: up in her life. Yeah, I was I was uh, pleasantly pleased to hear that that story because it meant that you know we did something that could have like a lasting benefit for people that yeah they could um, you know hear the example and actually run it in their mind and do it and that 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 felt really good to hear that people were able to do that and she wasn't the only one there was someone else who told me the same thing
3: mm, nice um, yeah
2: and, and I like that it was titled emotional time travel uh, because you know as you think of time travel you can go into the past and you can go into the future. That's right. And yeah. and so we, we start with going into the past, and then uh, the second one is going into the future. That's what part two is all about. Uh, so what would you do if you could create it? If you could create a, a yeah. future to your own liking and and tailor it to your needs, um, how might that look? And what would that be like? Yeah, and I, I remember specifically
1: um, you and I having this conversation, and you had talked about how, when you took me through this this um, that process, how I empowered, Planted a future memory. Yeah, because it's it's strange because the word memory, you, we think of it as only being in the past. Mm-hmm. But we did something in that episode where we implanted a future memory for sure. And and that's just a cool concept, and it's it's worth going back and listening to. And, it definitely and, and is using it's, and learning something. From you know,
2: it. if the idea of memory reconsolidation interests you, and if you don't know what that means, and it strikes a little chord of curiosity inside mm, you, yeah. Um, think about it, look yeah. it up and listen to it. Another, another one that we did that was just you and I, uh, was
1: vital energies in ancient traditions. Right. Uh, and so th- it, this
2: was episode five, episode number five. And it had yeah. originally a different title, didn't it?
1: It did. Uh, let's see, what was that original title? It was, um, cheap, Prana, mojo, and pizzazz—that's <laughs> what it was. Chi, prana, mojo, and pizzazz. I like um, that. I like that too. I don't know. Uh, we picked what we picked, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, vital energies in ancient traditions, and we spoke about uh, those things—chi and prana—and we related it to things like mojo and pizzazz. Yeah, right. right. So, um, so that that was pretty funny. Um,
2: There's a, there, there might even be a Bob Fosse reference in there. Yeah. So if you're a dancer and you know who Bob Fosse is. I laugh when I read
1: articles or I hear reports of, you know, some physicist somewhere who's trying to find some new way to to measure this cheese stuff to find out if it's real or not. I think barking up the wrong tree. Hmm. That's like trying to get a team of physicists or biophysicists or you know physiologists or neuroscientists together to do a very serious investigation about where mojo is located in your body (laughs) yeah yeah and and while we're at it let's let's um let's see if we can investigate pizzazz because maybe it's not mojo maybe it's been
2: pizzazz this whole time well i think uh, it's all about the jazz hands myself yeah there you go right right
1: Uh, so what was interesting about this one is that we took these esoteric principles like chi and prana. Mm-hmm. And I think what we did is we really tried to make those things um, uh, sort accessible. of come down to earth. Yeah, yeah. accessible. That's a good yeah. Yeah, good, 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 term. Um, and uh, we, we sort of took at least some mystery out of that. You know, we like to have some mystery, don't we? But um, we, I think we kind of took those concepts and made them sort of workable and usable and understandable for people. Well, the mystery is the mystery, after all. Yeah, sure. Yeah, th- there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, and this is a prescription episode. It is. It's definitely yeah. a prescription episode. Yeah. This is the one where, like, if somebody's like, you know, I'm going to go see an acupuncturist, and they talk about this cheese stuff, and I don't know if I
2: believe in that, in that right. crap, right? Or you like, well, or you're a physical therapist and you're going to be working in a medical group that includes an acupuncturist or an Ayurvedic practitioner or a holistic practitioner, mm-hmm. you know, or a bunch of people who do Reiki or something like that. You know, right. how do you, how do you bridge the gap and, and learn to speak the same language or understand um, how you might work together to yeah. achieve a similar result? Yeah. Like when somebody does energy work, mm-hmm. right. And when
1: we're talking about energy a lot in this, this episode, um, uh, that is an episode that I think we really try to break that down for people, um, put some commentary around it, uh, so that you know. Basically, we sort of came to the conclusion that it's just as down to earth as most of the common terms we use every day, mm-hmm. uh, and it really is. And it's just a matter of of having the right perspective when we look at those things.
2: Saul, and how you think about it.
1: So, Carlos, uh, episode number seven that we did, uh, guts and glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah what, what do you
2: uh, what do you remember about that one, or what do you think about that one? Well, you and I just nerded out on that one. I mean, it was it was it was such a cool geeky. Um, episode for us because we're so interested in you know probiotics and, and the human microbiome and the fascinating new science and medical sciences that are developing and integrating uh into our daily life now i mean we, we yeah. see um so many articles all the time and and it's just a it's a buzzword you know this whole mm-hmm. idea of pos- that bacteria could be looked at as as a positive thing a powerful thing a healing thing yeah and that we are legion right this idea that' we're, we're not just a person we're a, a bunch of beings really inside that that, that creates the person mm-hmm. and and so I thought that we um, it, it was kind of like the first time we really super geeked out and and brought in um, all the different aspects of something and, and created uh, prescriptive mm-hmm. um, methodologies in, in in what we were describing uh, that people could actually you know take with them and uh, use in their nutrition and use in their their um, lifestyle yeah right and, and right. i just loved it i thought it was super cool
1: yeah me too yeah episode seven guts and glory you know um i, I kind of felt like we were two dorks out in the parking lot at a vitamin store <laughs> that just got into a conversation yeah. you know right <laughs> that's kind of what that one was like and, and did you know this and then we just we talked a lot about research and you, you know what's funny is sometimes i've noticed the the topics that we get into on the show are things that when you and i were much younger they were very fringe topics in society yep. that today are no longer fringe topics yeah, they become mainstream yeah, almost, very, almost mainstream very mainstream in definitely fact, mainstream yeah.
2: on the coasts
1: yeah i you know, would say coast so. west coast or, or certainly mainstream in the world of research mm-hmm. like where, where real science is being done on these things you know true, and, and
2: it's true. funny how that is you know um uh not there to was, say there isn't real science being done in the midwest or in other places yes, yeah, it's just that's, not it's not, not as we're common saying. to, th- to yeah. think about these things yet yeah, because they're there there's just a different culture around yeah um Around that stuff, and it's it's not a judgment. It's just kind of like what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but sure, there are there are sure. pockets of it in in other areas as well. Oh yeah, but. yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, so it's it was a an episode that is just kind of a good good resource for a mm-hmm. lot of people. If that's if that's a topic that you know you're interested in. Uh, uh, microbiome, intestinal bacteria, and mm-hmm. you know, or, or if you just like yogurt, you know, that's a, a good episode uh, to check out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or,
2: or Genghis Khan, right? It's, it's, right. Uh, but Genghis Khan, we know, conquered mass amounts of territory and he absorbed the cultures around him and said, basically, yeah, we, we are the Borg, you know, um, mm-hmm. your uniqueness will be added to our own resistance yeah. is futile. You know, he, he went and, and he spread um, throughout the lands and conquered those lands. And one of the problems that occurred for a lot of people at that time was dysentery and other gastrointestinal problems like dysentery. One of the best ways to prevent that besides clean sources and things like that, is to have a very strong immune system, strong intestinal flora. Mm-hmm. And Genghis Khan is known to have demanded that all of his troops have yogurt. And they made whatever, it might've been goat yogurt. Yak or yogurt. Yak or whatever yogurt, it was. Or whatever yeah. they had locally at the time, they, they would make <laughs> yogurt and it would be this fermented beverage that they would drink. And it made them quite strong and resistant to many disease and illnesses. And, um, and the other people that didn't do that, well, you know, we know what happened. I mean, they, yeah. you know, dysentery can knock out two-thirds of your army, and then what are you going to do? Right, exactly. It's <laughs> hard to fight when you have diarrhea. It is hard to yeah. fight. You know, it happens to me all the time. I mean, yeah, I just right. It's just really hard to fight <laughs> when I have diarrhea.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, so, Carlos, episode number nine was pain... Versus suffering. The
2: difference that makes the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, what's important to me about this episode is that it was kind of like, what do we talk about? This is an authenticity show. Um, you know, we're best friends hanging out and talking about things. Um, how do you keep it real and draw from genuine things in your life that that are uh stimulating um the topic of the conversation without necessarily spilling your guts about personal stuff that that is not necessarily relevant to what people would be interested in hearing about yeah like you can get too personal in a way Uh, there is such a thing even when you're being authentic oh sure but yeah yeah at the same time there's a spirit of something that you do maybe want to convey and and as they say sometimes um you can share your scars rather than your wounds, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's something that that is important because uh, the goal is not to keep reopening, reassociating into your pain all the time. And this whole episode was about this thing, and yet, you know, a question was, you know, can I talk about the thing behind the thing? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, uh, or is it that I talk about the idea of the thing itself and generalize that? And and I think we opted for the general, general principle sure. of it because yeah. um, it's universal. And it also kept me from associating back into something that was too terrible and too painful to talk about. Right, right. Um, probably still not ready to do that. Sure, yeah, um, definitely. But definitely. it, it yeah. was like a powerful episode because it was helping me by helping others. The realities of pain are that it can really ruin people's lives.
1: It's really, really challenging. And I think it can also inspire and create amazing things.
2: That's true. And I think that, that you and I talking about it on different levels is helpful because there is a philosophical aspect to all of this. But bottom line, when people are hurting, they're concerning themselves mostly with the source of their pain and the problem that the, that whatever's going on in their body or their mind or their life is the issue and they're not too concerned with philosophy at that point. Yeah, exactly they're looking for relief and understanding it on those different levels can be helpful because at some point when you do resolve the pain on a physical level, um, many times it's accompanied by a realization that the pain is also happening on another level, maybe a philosophical or spiritual or emotional mental level too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, as an acupuncturist,
1: that's pretty much what I do. I treat pain, you know, as an occupational therapist, I treat pain, you know, um, as an occupational therapist, it may or may not be physical pain. It may also be the pain associated with not being able to do what you want to do. The pain of not being able to do the things that fulfill your roles in life. You know, it's painful to be a mother and be disabled and not be able to do the things that
2: a mother's supposed to do and so on and so forth. Right. You know, um, You've so, helped me, by the way, with a lot of pain in my life. Oh, I've helped you with pain? Absolutely, for years oh, yeah. and years. I uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, I have come to you with uh, a sore back or an injured knee or a pain in the neck, uh, literally, yeah, um, and figuratively, and figuratively, yeah. and and so I appreciate that because you've you've done a lot of uh, great work with me and helped me resolve uh, a lot of physical, uh, you know. Pain in my life, sure. Yeah, well, the, herbs the, and acupuncture and massage and yeah, and all sorts of great advice. Yeah, the the feelings mutual.
1: And you know, um, the the pain versus suffering topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to get into a lot of uh you know uh, practical things as well. Mm-hmm. You know, in this one, I mean, we we really you know talked a lot about you know medicine and science and and mind body approaches and and um you know uh, naturally the good side of pain and you know and, and all of that um but you know just like you know you you at that time had a a source of pain and little did i know that that was preparing me for a time that was to come it yeah. was very very painful and and you know uh, it, it was it was an opportunity for me to have to go back and listen again and practice what I preach and uh, be able to in in times of difficulty go back and uh, draw on that that wisdom at a time when I was in a better better state a better mm-hmm. state of heart so to speak you know mm-hmm. and so you know it's 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 a good episode and so. If there's anybody out there, and we know there is, people that are suffering, people that are having pain, whether it's emotional or physical or, or some other kind of pain, um, it, it was a very authentic episode. It was very much close to our experiences, um, our professions, and uh, I, I, it's, it's a show that I felt very proud of, that, that one, Pain versus Suffering. There was something about it that I think we needed to get into i I agree hundred percent, and it's 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 another prescriptive episode for sure, yeah, it might be the first time we talked about vipassana meditation. I think it is you know um it may or may not be, but we definitely had to had to get into it um with that um so pain versus suffering, yeah, there you go, episode uh, number nine uh, but you know what's funny is you know we go from pain and then we know the flip side of that is eventually it's going to flip and then we get something wonderful and that was the next episode that we did together that i felt was like the salve on the pain which was the episode we did on mindfulness mm. which was titled unwrapping the present yeah and that was a great title by the way you came up with that yeah <laughs> episode 11 um yeah episode 11 mindfulness um gosh what, what what do you remember from that one laughter me too that's yeah. the thing i that's a thing i think of when i hear that one is a is is that uh You and I laughing our tails off at Taoist poetry. Yeah. Which, if anybody's out there going, how could you laugh at Taoist poetry? Well, you have to take a listen and see. (laughs) Yeah, you do. You do. One of my favorite poems, I find it a little bit humorous. um, And I think it really captures the present moment, even when you're having a tough day. And it goes like this. When worn out and seeking an inn, wisteria flowers. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) And I I just—I hear this poem, and I think of some guy.
2: Can I hear that again? (laughs) Sorry, sorry. that's awesome. Let's do this again. I want to hear that again.
1: When worn out and seeking an inn, wisteria flowers. <laughs> that is right. so. Awesome. I, I can so relate to this. It's like you're having this tough day. All you want to do is find a place to go to sleep, right? And that is your present moment. But when you're grounded in mindfulness, you don't miss the wisteria flowers.
2: It became kind of really clear as we were talking about it that you know how similar our backgrounds are in the sense that that we gravitate towards these things like Taoism uh, and you know, looking for um, ways to um, experience the world through these deeper ancient Asian principles and metaphors. Yeah. I'll
1: come to each recording session with my own ideas and insights that I, I, I think that I want to share. Mm-hmm. If Assuming we know what the topic is. Sometimes mm-hmm. we do, sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you do the same. Um, but then I often feel like uh, we're just witnesses and it's kind of exciting to see where, the show ends up going because we really don't know we don't script it out necessarily and have like well then we're gonna do this then we're gonna talk about that we have some ideas sometimes we throw up on the board just so that you know we just to stimulate our thinking but um we don't know where it's gonna go and i feel like um in chinese herbal medicine they talk about how an herb has an effect and another herb can have an effect but if you put those two herbs together sometimes two plus two is more than four synergy synergy Right. And and I feel that once in a while we do an episode where what I'm bringing and what you're bringing just explodes exponentially mm-hmm. and we get something really special that surprises me and I learned so much from it. We had a baby. Yeah, we had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mindfulness baby and the mindful unwrapping the present. We unwrapped our present and Yeah. Yeah, it was um I I I I benefited a lot from that yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. Just making it and then listening to it, I was like, "Wow, you know, that was it inspired me to practice it even more.
2: Yeah. If you're, if you're a, a generally a, a mindful person or a person who appreciates mindfulness and you listen to this episode, I challenge you to be in a bad mood. Yeah. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. Totally. So uh, mindfulness. Um, then we did a really interesting topic after that. Uh, it was one that I, I think is puzzling when you just hear the title and that was episode number 14 Which was sacred deceptions, and how could a deception be sacred? You know, I mean, that was just going to
2: have to find out. Yeah, it's kind of an intriguing one. We can say a little more about that, but yeah, Yeah. it's it is a confusing title, Um, a curious title, Um, an interesting title. It is, yeah, It's juicy.
1: Yeah, some some cool <laughs> stories in there. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, some some cool sound effects
2: and some, some nice stuff in there. Yeah, I'll, uh, a thing that comes into a lot of this is is Oliver's music. You know, yeah. he puts in, uh, you know, you know what he'll find a, a space like, oh, you know what this piece will go really well, and in particular this one. Um, there's a song that he created for it. Yeah, and it's called Sacred Deceptions. And yeah. it end up on on one of his albums. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. really cool. Yeah.
1: Sacred Deceptions, you know, I, I got to say, um, for me, just, I understood the concept, but this, this, was, this was a title that really came from you. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this really was kind of your baby, mm-hmm. you know, this one, the Sacred Deceptions. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I got to go for a cool ride in this episode, even though I participated, it was a, yeah. just a cool ride. And I benefited from this one a lot because I have found, and I, and I have shared this term with other people since this episode. Oh, cool. Just understanding that there is such a thing as a sacred deception can really create a lot of relief Mm. for a lot of people in various situations in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you know, it resonated with me and I think there could be a lot of people out there that would feel the same way to just even understand what that even is
2: a sacred deception. It can be a real freeing concept to even just know about. I agree. And I'm so glad we're not revealing exactly what it is in this little teaser. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because you know, Um, Sorry, folks, we're teasing you a little bit, but you know what? Deal with it. (laughs) Just go and listen to it. You'll you'll appreciate it. Yeah. After that, we made a decision,
1: and we decided that um, maybe it's okay to go ahead and be a little more controversial. Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of I remember we talked about this a little bit. Like, you know, maybe it's time. Like, you know, let's, let's throw it out there a little bit. Yeah. And we did episode number 19
2: and that was political correctness. Well, yeah. And, and just, just to kind of um, piggyback on what what you just said. Yeah. um, It's kind of like what we started has an energy that is expanding and growing. Like if you planted a a garden, there's a a certain point at which it takes root and it's, it has a, uh, a strength and an immunity to withstand things a little bit. Yeah. And It's the same when you have a relationship. Um, As you're just starting that relationship, the topics um, are honest, uh, but not necessarily challenging topics. Yeah, I think uh,
1: number 19, political correctness, um, was the first time we jumped on the freeway yeah we 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 hit it we floored it a little mm-hmm. bit and uh got into interesting topics we pushed the boundaries we talked about um sexual lifestyles we talked about psychedelics we talked mm-hmm. about some fascinating topics censorship censorship yeah and and uh you know some of it's a little bit of bullshit calling and some of it is mm-hmm. you know also at the same time telling people just hey relax yeah Relajate. okay tranquilo
2: just, por favor. yeah right <laughs> What would that be like if you could not take things personally if you could listen with an open heart and just consider objective ideas for what they are and not become offended I mean I wonder how quickly we would advance as a human race if we could do that oh yeah yeah I mean that might do things like end wars we well, don't want sort of to do that do. yeah why would we, we do that all because that old money would you know be spread around and yeah that, 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 would, that would stink right for some people well think, think of the you know <laughs> The idea of wagging the dog, you know, false flags and wagging the dog. I mean, wh- why do they do that? Just to, to stir up um, intrigue and fighting and to uh, get people focused on taking violent action. You get people angry. you got to give them a common enemy, you know, unite the people in, yeah. in rage and hatred, you know, against someone else. Think uh, Nazi Germany and so many other periods of history. Yeah. Um, including our own in many places. No doubt. You know, um, to be unified in hatred of another culture and other people to... Um, you know, us versus them, or even if you go to the hippie movement, you know, um, you know, the the man, quote unquote, us versus the man, you know, I mean, there's so many ways to frame that. Sure. Yeah. It's an element of who you and I are to be serious and to sometimes be intense and to sometimes be silly and to also sometimes not take ourselves seriously, mm. that it's all big part of the whole picture it's it's not like we're just one-dimensional uh, yeah. creatures we are multi-dimensional creatures yeah and we kind yeah. of hope that our audience is somewhat multi-dimensional too because in our heart of hearts we just want to be able to relate yeah exactly yeah and um we try to approach it
1: with um a place of height like mental height and mm-hmm. emotional height so that um this, the size of the problem seems small you know, we're high above it, looking down at it, where it's not that big of a deal, you know, just, yeah. it is really is okay to... Take a high view. Yeah, to high view and to disagree
2: or agree or mm-hmm. go so high above that it doesn't really matter where you, whether you agree or disagree. And that seems yeah. even more accentuated, you know, the importance of that right now, because currently, as we are in 2018, um, there seems to have been uh, a descent into uh, not allowing dissent. Yeah, right. it's like our our culture has descended into this place where dissension is um, not accepted. It's not accepted even more than it used to not be accepted. Yeah, like right, when we were right. kids, like you yeah. you can't disagree anymore without really getting your head chewed off. Yeah, um, and causing breakups and friends and families and all sorts of stuff. It gets really intense and sometimes violence. Mm-hmm. So it's even more important right now that that those of us who are conscious beings are remembering that um, there's something beyond our opinions or something beyond a uh, belief and the control of other people's points of view that we yeah, can, you know, yeah. learn to have a uh, differing points of view and maybe start to tolerate or build tolerance in ourselves, the patience that's necessary to be flexible. Right. Super right. important right now. Definitely. Yeah.
1: And, and I think we really got into, you know, how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in, in that episode, which is, this is a
2: time for that prescription, how to do that.
3: for so. sure. So yeah. there's a
2: prescription for all of society right now. Yeah. In particular in our country. Agreed.
1: Uh, so then we did episode number 20, which was Lessons
2: from Nature. Yeah. Oh, that felt good. Yeah. That one. That I, I almost want to say that's like, you know, on, on the old cassette tapes, it's like the B side of uh, mindfulness episode.
1: Yeah, it kind of was. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing about, about the Lessons
1: from Nature is, uh, well, first of all, it's, it's very much who we are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the angle that we come from. Yeah. Uh, and our show, you know, this show was really built on a foundation of our conversations when we were running. I mean, we, we were runners. Yeah. You it might've
2: been the first time we talked about uh minimalist running.
1: Is it? Um, you know, it, it maybe it may be the first time we talked about min- minimalist running. Oh, uh, we've probably
2: mentioned it a couple of times. I don't know. Before I, then, I, I th- it seems like sure. that might have been where we kind of introduced the idea about it or talking about it. Either yeah. way though, I mean, it's such a, it's a really important thing for us. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's kind of our church, you know. Yeah, yeah, going, definitely. Running. Definitely. Yeah. And
1: and just nature in general. I mean, we yeah. you know, we we're, we're we're a crew of people that really likes to be outside. We yeah. like to go camping and hiking and you know um sleep under the stars it's you know um we we don't run from the rain you know we (laughs) we we enjoy nature we find it inspiring yeah yeah and um that whole episode was really techniques and strategies for how to actually learn what nature is really trying to share with us Mm -hmm. you know and uh uh, or whether it's trying or not those lessons are there and, and there's some ways of doing it If you're walking in nature and you have a desire to encounter, you know, neat animals and really experience Mm -hmm. nature, um, if you're walking and you're moving and you're making noise and you're trying to search and find, oftentimes you don't find those Mm -hmm. animals. You know, you don't see all the things that are hiding in the bushes. And when do you see those things? When you sit down and you become silent and you become still and you become patient And you just simply pay attention and observe. Right. When you sit down and you pay attention, and it doesn't take very long. You and I know this because we we like to go out in nature and hike and go running at night on trails. And we do these kinds of things. And we see a lot of animals. And we do see a lot of animals. And, you know, when you stop and when you get silent, it only takes maybe a minute. Mm -hmm. And you can feel and hear everything start to come alive around you. Yeah. You know, and in the same way, when you ask yourself, what would Mother Nature do? It can be very helpful sometimes not to strive to find that, but right. to say, let me just be still and just see what comes up. You might even see it during your day. Yeah. You might be driving and notice uh, a tree or a bird or an insect doing something that sparks that answer that you're looking for. Well,
2: yeah. and, and we have the power of reflection. Yeah. Um, and we have the power of making meaning. Yes. That's uh, probably unique amongst humans, Yeah, uh, human beings. And um, an exercise that uh, some who follow uh, more of a shamanic tradition would be to go out into nature. This is called a, well, this is one way to vision quest, right? Okay. There are many ways to do this, but this is one way to have a little vision quest. It doesn't have to be for days and days and days. It doesn't have to involve fasting 40 days, 40 nights, 40 days, you know, hanging by a hook, you know, in the sun (laughs) and (laughs) ingesting uh, psychedelic substances and so forth. It can be literally just, you know, you set a time aside, um, you know, part of a day maybe, and you go to a secluded area in nature and you can check in with your intention. You know, you start off by, by intending, okay. I'm here to discover something important about myself, the nature of whatever it is that's been troubling me and to tap into my solutions. Some people might say that is like a prayer or setting an intention or a meditation, a, you know a space clearing can involve um, you know burning some incense or just holding your intent really strongly in that direction. and you go and you temporarily suspend your disbelief. you allow yourself to realize that everything you're doing, Uh, You know, if it's symbolic or spiritual or what have you, um, it's setting your mind towards a particular direction. You're saying, I want to have this result. I'm going to take action. I'm going to separate from my day. I'm going to drive for a couple hours and get to this place. And I'm going to um, put myself in a situation where I can interpret what it is that I receive in a symbolic and important way. You could go in a direction that calls you, and then, when you find a place that feels right to you, and this is very subjective, you, know, you go in with the intention of finding a place that feels right for you, and mm-hmm. then you just trust it, whatever it is. And you sit. You might bring a blanket with you. You might, um, you know, make sure that you're warm and whatever else you have, a little backpack or whatever. But you go, and your goal is to be quiet. Your goal is to pick a space that feels right to you, and then to call upon the answer, to say. I know that I have the capacity to tap into my own creativity, my own inspiration, my ability to make meaning. So I'm calling that deepest part of me, the part of me that um, holds the generative intelligence, the inspired space within me. And I'm calling that into this moment right now. Maybe I draw a circle on the ground and sit within it, or maybe not. It's up to you. But you decide that you're going to be in that spot until you get a sign. And all you're doing is carving out space in your own time, your own day and stepping out of your normal existence, moving out into nature for a moment and then opening yourself up to a flow of inspiration and then witnessing what it is, you experience and then deciding to make meaning out of that.
1: Um, You know, uh, we have a, a running crew. We do. Right. You know, we have a running crew and what do we call ourselves? renegade running Taoists. we are the renegade running Taoists, yeah. right and so that just means we run at night yeah. on trails and yeah. have amazing conversations and uh in nature yeah yeah so um so yeah i think you had said earlier that that episode the lessons from nature really is just
2: about our Taoist leanings yeah we you know we learned about Taoism in an early age and formative years and it's a filter from which uh both you and i see the world There are other filters we see the world from, but it's definitely a big part of it. Yeah, for sure.
1: We decided to do an episode on um, a very, very common experience that absolutely every single person has, except a gentleman that I met yesterday who has never had a dream in his life. Wow. Um, I actually, this is true, I met somebody yesterday who was telling me that he has a sleep disorder and he's had it his entire life and he has never had a dream. What a shame. I know. It really is. It really is. Um, but we did a whole episode on dreams. Yeah, we did. Yeah. The, the, the dream episode number 22.
2: Episode 22. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a cool one. It was good. Um, dreams have been such an important part of my spiritual leanings because the idea that you can sleep away so much of your life and not get spiritual stuff done you know yeah. say, in other words if you're on a path of of growing and becoming and learning well you sleep a third of your life one of the ways you could maximize that is by incorporating the power of your dreams so i've always thought that dreams were neat and, it, and it's almost like there is another world that you're in yeah and there's so many traditions yeah. that have that we talk a little bit about this
1: yeah yeah you know? yeah we do um, I think the other thing is there's some real good practical advice in there for how to build a better relationship yeah. with, with your dreams. There's a lot of relationship building in there with, with our dreams.
2: Well, a lot of people don't even realize they can change the way they're dreaming. Like you mean you can dream on purpose or yeah, you mean there's, there's some, uh, some sort of l- dream logic that, that makes all this weird, wacky shit that you're experiencing make sense. Yeah. How the right. hell is that? No. Right. Most people are like, no, yeah. my dreams make no sense.
3: I hear yeah. that all the time.
1: Yeah, I hear that too. And then I think the other thing is... Um, it means a lot
2: of sense, actually.
3: Yeah.
1: And, and, and then there's the flip side of that where people um, think that dream interpretation and all that is just sort of hocus pocus. Right. You know, that it's, it's hippy-dippy stuff. Yeah, right. When in reality, in that episode, we kind of got into the science too we did we got into the research you yeah. know the the brain science and 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 uh what sleep researchers have learned about sleep and dreams and and you and again that's another thing is as that episode wasn't just about dreams it was mm-hmm. about that whole phenomenon of sleep um and there was, there was more to it than that and uh uh that is one that i've actually prescribed to people i i've suggested to people that um want to learn more about dreams or we had a fascinating conversation about dreams and um, it just find it easier to just say, Hey, well, check out this episode we did, you mm-hmm. know? Um, you and I talk
2: about our dreams all the time. Together. We do. We yeah. share, uh, dreams and, you know, I can't think of a single time that we've shared a dream that it didn't makes sense. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I've, I've had times when I've had a dream and I've thought, oh man,
1: this will be fun to share with the renegade running Taoists yeah. the next time we all, we all meet, you know? Yeah. So I got to share this dream with everybody.
2: Well, and for those of, uh, of the listeners who are interested in this, uh, uh, if you listen to this episode, you're going to hear some tips about dream interpretation that could be really useful to you. Yeah. There, yeah. It's, a, it's at least, uh, if nothing else, a starting point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you could get a lot deeper into dream research and things like that. But if you haven't really delved into it that much or just a little, you're mm-hmm. going to get a lot out of this episode because we do go into it uh, fairly deeply. Yeah. And it's a good starting point if you want to go further. Yeah. Because we cover a lot of, we cover a wide range of ideas about dreams. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The Tibetans have this um, dream yoga thing, you know, and... Um, they have this whole path of training that has to do with utilizing lucid dreaming and developing that as a skill. Because from that perspective, you sleep a large portion of your life. So if you really want to reach enlightenment, why not use something that most people are discarding? It's like leaving power on the table, right? This is something you can do every day in addition to your daily spiritual practice, which can help you to cultivate an awareness of yourself and your relationship with universe and, and all that simply by developing the skill of lucid dreaming and understanding your dreams. And, um, you know, what we're going to talk about a little bit later, some techniques for doing that, Mm, you know, that I've used and some, some, there's tons of techniques. I don't know them all, but there are some specific ones that are really useful. And anyone who's listening who wants to do this can learn to develop their ability to lucid dream, to recall their dreams and to start interpreting their dreams, yes. And it kind of helps to know a little bit about the background, what's going on in the brain, and and what's going right. on chemically, which you're going to talk about later too. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. You know, yeah. and just a little bit of the what we've learned in recent years about sleep too. What's interesting to me, or puzzling, I should say,
1: is the Chinese medicine view of dreams, hmm. and it's probably worth mentioning. Yeah, it's interesting because a Chinese medical view on anything is going to be a mixture of sort of the the mythological, you know, spiritual side Mm -hmm. mixed with a medical side. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of neat. Chinese medicine considers dreams to be very important, but they don't like dreams. And when I say they don't like dreams, what I mean is they believe that you should not be having them, or at least you should not remember them. And so they often talk about dream disturbed sleep and it's, it's, Part of the process of interviewing a new client is you want to find out about their sleep Uh, Are they having strange dreams bizarre dreams upsetting dreams dreams that are waking them up? We talk about dream disturbed sleep And that is something that from a chinese medical perspective needs to be treated That you should not be um, Waking up from all of these these dreams, you know Hmm. I think That chinese medicine is not is not actually saying that the dreams aren't good I think what they're saying is that you should be having deep enough, healthy enough sleep cycles. Mm. So where your dreams are minimal, because we tend to only remember, like I said earlier, we remember the dreams that we tend to wake up from. Right. Uh, Not necessarily the dreams that we had and then went back into our sleep cycle and continued to sleep. You know, so I think that's where they're, they're, they're coming from. But uh, the, the, the science on dreaming, uh, like I said, continues to show me that the more spiritual or mythical ways of looking at dreams are legit. They really are. Yeah. And, and and there is a marriage between those two concepts. The next episode that I think we should talk about mm-hmm. is episode number 23. And that was the episode we did on boredom. What was yeah. it called? The interesting thing about boredom? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the interesting thing about boredom. Um,
2: I don't know how we picked that topic. Do you remember what happened? Like we just, somehow we picked boredom. Right? You know, you and I have conversations and every so often we're just like, you know what? We need to talk about this. Yeah. And it just happens. And, and, and uh, it could have been just relating a story of someone else who said, I'm bored. And you're yeah. talking about how the hell do you get bored? Right, right, right. You know, and then that may have spurred the conversation. I don't know. But um, that's how a lot of our episodes evolve is through um, discussions. We go, you know what? This would be a good topic. Yeah. Because we're having fun talking about it right now. So why wouldn't it be more fun to do this on the show? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, boredom is one of those things that it's sort of a
1: head scratcher. You're like, mm-hmm. well, how could you do a show on boredom? I mm-hmm. mean, that sounds boring, right? Yeah. But it was fun. <laughs> Fascinating, it was fascinating, and and I just want to you know point out if there's anybody out there that is scratching your head and you're saying you know boredom like you know well you know uh, we're telling you right now there was no goddamn reason at all to ever be bored, and if you are bored, then you
2: have to listen to this episode because you're missing something. (laughs) You are, you know. The word boredom only entered our language, you know, something around. 1760s, 1770s, something Yeah, like I've that. heard that too. So yeah. it's not even really an ancient idea, at least not to my knowledge. I mean, we haven't really yeah. seen that written about boredom. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Um, and, you know, the other meaning for the word bore,
1: right, is to like drill a hole into something. Sure. Right? And it's, it does kind of feel like that sometimes, like you yeah. get something drilled into your head, you know, when, when you're bored. Right. Maybe we perceive mathematics as boring. Therefore, we assume that they must have been really bored if they found that interesting. But, and that's just us, and that's just us, and, and we're we're you know math strugglers, you and I. But right. what I've noticed about boredom is that it's not the same throughout your life. If you look at your timeline throughout your life, mm. things that we once found boring suddenly can be interesting later in life. Oh, that's and, and, and true, and vice versa. That's true, and vice versa. And our tastes change. Our tastes change, and sometimes it has to do with getting started with something. Mm-hmm. How many people out there have? been resisting doing a task that they didn't want to do and then once they just rolled up their sleeves and started doing it the next thing you know they actually had to admit to themselves that they were having a decent time Mm. there maybe perhaps even a fun time there's actually research that shows that that's true that if there's a task you don't want to do and you just start doing it anyway your brain will start to produce happy chemicals you start to enjoy the process anyway
2: wow that sounds like a relief to, to employ i can think of so many things that bore the hell out of me Oh, yeah. Taxes, for example. Sure. Organizing for taxes. Boring. Yeah. But I have to do it. And um, it'd be nice to be able to have some happy chemicals floating around in my bloodstream when yeah. I'm doing my taxes. I think I might get to it a little earlier than, than I would normally. Exactly. Exactly. So what's the I've, secret, you think, to getting those chemicals going?
1: Well, you know, um, I think a good starting point is to start to develop a bigger appreciation of our internal environment. There is a term that I really, really like, and I'd like to see this term uh, grow and become part of everybody's vocabulary, and that's the term interoception. 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 Uh, Interoception is a word that describes that inner sensation in your body. When you have a gut feeling, we could call that gut feeling interoception. Interoception.
2: So if you've been one of those folks who uh, complains of having gotten bored or gets bored a lot, gets bored easily, describes yourself that way, well, listen to the show. You just may learn a thing or two about what can be done about that. Yeah, absolutely. What can be gained. Yeah, I, you know, and, and, and I think we practice what we preach
1: with this mm-hmm. one. I mean, I haven't mm-hmm. been bored in years. Me neither. There's been maybe a couple of times when I caught myself. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, good job, you caught yourself. And then that was the end of the boredom because there's so much to do. There you is. Know. Uh, but uh, uh, now we did an impromptu episode episode number
2: 36 about impromptu-ness
1: about impromptu-ness and and what happened was we had a guest scheduled it didn't work out and you know we ended up you know talking we were having a conversation about well we'll just let's just meet anyway and we'll fly by the seat of our pants and you said hey well then why don't we just do that i'm like great we got together and we went for it we did flying by the seat of your pants Mm -hmm. episode 36 flying by the seat of your pants Yeah, in in acting, actors always talk about um, you have to learn your lines so that you can forget them. Yeah. It's really important to forget your lines when you're acting because you have to live truthfully in the moment. Same in martial arts. There it is, yeah. Yeah, that's
2: a good point, huh, martial arts? Forget everything. Yeah, forget everything. how do I do anything? Well, you got to learn something first. Well, then forget everything. Yeah, (laughs) right. First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is... How many Um, times can that come up, right? Yeah, oh my gosh, Um, wow. Gosh, Carlos, I think that kind of recaps the
1: shows that you and I have done together so far.
2: Yeah, it does, and I'm I'm really glad that we did this because um, it's uh, interesting for me to to go over that whole pattern of of all these episodes that you and I did, and mm-hmm. we're gonna get back to a lot of these one-on-one yeah um, episodes because you know we love believe me we love uh, interviewing guests mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful, but the whole purpose we got into this was to explore ideas together. Yeah. Right. There's going to be a lot more of that in the future. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, we're going to get back coming. to that. There's so many topics that we have already written down and just loads of things to, yeah. to draw from. It's and seemingly in, uh, infinite or endless.
1: It's also worth noting that um, now and again, we get suggestions on Facebook or, or you know, we yeah. might get contacted by somebody who's mm-hmm. got an idea, something that, that they'd like us to talk about.
2: And we're interested in that. Yeah. If you've got ideas, uh, you know how to type into that computer. Just just uh, send us a message. We, we would yeah. love to hear from you. We would love to uh, get feedback on, on what you think. Um, because you're a living person with a creative soul, and we want to know uh, what feels, makes you feel switched on. We want to know uh, what interests you, what intrigues you. What would you like to know or hear more about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's Maybe what we, we touch know. the yeah.
1: surface of something that you want to go deeper in. Yeah, if so. they heard a, a topic in an episode that we just kind of glazed over, mm-hmm. you know, let us know. Point that out, and we're happy to happy to get into it. Um, also, you know, we like tough challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we'd love to find out what people want to know. You know, in terms of you know, giving us tough questions, challenge us to grow. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Give it. Let's. You know, we'll, we'll find out. We'll Bring it. it. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs>
2: let the games begin
1: yeah
0: you've been listening to the Authenticity Show two year anniversary retrospective episode your hosts have been Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell please remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts we're all over the place iTunes, Android Markets, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. You know, we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify. Find us on Facebook. And leave us a rating and a review if you have time. We really appreciate that stuff. Our website is authenticityshow.com. The show was produced by Oliver Alteen, That is me. I also wrote our theme song and do most of the music for the show. Thanks again for listening for the last two years. And keep on listening because we got a lot of good stuff on the way.